What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Double Drill Podcast. I'm your host, D.S. Walk. And before I continue on my thoughts, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to my show. Deeply appreciate it. And continue to support the Double Drill Podcast and me. Need that support. Why I need that support? Because I because I love you guys. That's why I want that support. A lot of love for my fans out there. So I want to get to these legendary moments from last night during this Super Bowl because there were there were some legendary moments that happened. But before we get to those moments, I want to send out a big congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs on winning their third Super Bowl 25-22 over the San Francisco 49ers. And might I say this is well-deserved win for the Kansas City Chiefs. If you compare this Super Bowl winning team to the the other Super Bowl winning teams, you know, the offense wasn't there as far as um, big plays, skill set at the rabbit receiver position. Travis Kelsey was still there. Patrick Mahomes, the uh, the best quarterback in football, who will go down the best quarterback in NFL history. We know the match that this young man brings. And at the age of 28, he gets his third Super Bowl win. And also, he has never never seen anything less than an AOC championship. Think about that for a moment. But uh that was a a good win for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I heard someone say this yesterday and it, it kinda came to fruition. In fact it was true. If the 49ers will continue to let the Kansas City Chiefs hang around this football game, they're gonna lose. And And that's one of those legendary moments that I want to talk about because that Kansas City defense was very dominant last night, led by D-tackle Chris Jones. They was very dominant. They kept the offense in the game. You know, they kept this team in the game long enough for the offense to get going. Once once they kicked that field goal, made it 10-6 after halftime in the beginning of the third, you can tell on that drive that the offense was starting to click. They were, they were starting to uh, put some move the chain, uh, get some first downs there. It took them a while to get going. And the best thing about this is that they didn't have to score out of points because that defense was legendary last night. That defense made some legendary moments. If it wasn't for Chris Jones, who by himself stopped the 49 from scoring three touchdowns by just getting Brock Purdy face, putting the pressure and almost sacking him three times at key moment situation where the 49ers, excuse me, was inside the 20-yard line. And they all settled for field goals. If Chris Jones doesn't do that. We could be sitting here on this podcast saying that the San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan finally broke through and won the Super Bowl. But because of that, those legendary moments by Chris Jones of getting pressure on Brock Purdy at key time, key situations in that game, stopping the 49ers scoring touchdowns on those three possessions, he didn't sack him, but he made him tap dance. He didn't get him to the ground, but he made him move off his 
target and look for something else. Look for a different target. He made him scramble. He made him think twice. All because of Chris Jones. If it wasn't Trent McDuffie and that chief secondary um, playing man-to-man, along with Snead, playing man-to-man on Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, 49ers win this game. They play man-to-man, and they were physical with one of the most physical receivers in football and Brandon Ayu and Debo Samuel. These guys couldn't get open. These guys couldn't breathe. These guys couldn't make the plays that they wanted to make, and they had to settle for um, Debo Samuel had 11 targets. He had 11 targets. He had three recessions for 33 yards. Brandon Ayuk, he had six targets. He set for three catches for 49 yards. And don't even give a start on George Kittle. George Kittle had four targets, excuse me, three targets, two receptions for four yards. That's what that defense was doing yesterday where they shut down those receivers and if the 49ers were going to win this game, it was going to be on the legs and the skill set of Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey t- had a total of 160 yards and one touchdown. He caught all eight of his targets for 80 yards. He ran the ball 22 times for 80 yards, 3.6 average. His longest run was 11. His longest catch was 24 yards. That was the only way the 49ers was going to win this game, was going to be on the back of Christian McCaffrey because we already knew, if you watched the game, that Brock Purdy was not going to win this game. He was going to manage his game. He was going to get the ball to his playmakers. For the 49ers to win this game, Christian McCaffrey was going to be the do-it-all guy. With some help for Jawan Jennings, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayu, and George Kittle. They're going to, the expectation was for them to do their part, but this game was going to be won on Christian McCaffrey because Christian McCaffrey came into this game wanting to make legendary moments. Legendary moments. And it turned out to be otherwise because if you look in that third quarter, I want to say on one, uh, this, uh, I forgot what possession it was. The San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, the, the genius that he is, he passed the ball eight times and ran the ball one time. Eight plays of running, excuse me, eight plays of passing, one running play. On I forgot what possession. Was. I don't know if it was their first possession or their second or third possession. If you ran CMC in that third quarter, you basically will run that clock. You will force Kansas City Chiefs to be perfect. You could be actually going up into the fourth quarter, maybe up by seven, maybe up by ten again. But you will force them to be perfect to win that game. Because that defense in the fourth quarter was dog tired. I mean, we seen hands on hips. We seen hands on knees. These guys were gasping for air. And the way Christian McCaffrey run the football, easy, fast, six-yard pop. All you had to do is, 
use your best player for those moments to be legendary. And Kyle Shanahan didn't do it. And, you know, I can sit here, well, a lot of us can sit here and question Kyle Shanahan play calling because he did it the first time around when the Kansas City Chiefs and 49ers played three years ago where instead of running the ball, he passed the ball and he wanted to make Jimmy G look like a hero. It didn't work out that way. Now, even though he wasn't the head coach, but he was the offensive coordinator. And he had to share some of that blame for being up 28-3. to All you had to do is run the ball, milk the clock, the wing doesn't come back, and you win a Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons. He didn't do that. And now, in this game, you up by double-digit points for the third time in his coaching career. Twice as head coach, once as offensive coordinator. Up 10 nothing. You start running the football, and you lose the game. It seems like there's a pattern here. But but the only difference, though, with this pattern is that Brock Purdy's not getting help from his playmakers at the at the skill at the wide receiver position from Brandon Ayuk, from Debo Samuel, and from George Kittles. Jawan Jennings showed up. All right. He's the second player in NFL history to pass for a touchdown and receive for a touchdown. He had a he had a very outstanding game. I mean, you got his numbers. You say four catch four catches for forty two yards, five targets. You probably look at the modest numbers, but you know, J- Jawan Jennings. If the Niners win that game, you can make a case that he probably would have won an MVP. If he didn't win it, he would be in second in voting for it. I'm just saying. I'm, I mean. <laughs> You know, um, legendary moment, legendary moments. That was a legendary moment and performance from Jawan Jenny. Brock Purdy had a decent game, twenty-three out of thirty-eight, two hundred fifty-five yards, one touchdown, no interception, sack one time, QBR rating of sixty-nine point eight, overall rating of eighty-nine point three. He had a very good game. It, it, he didn't have a legendary game. He he made some good plays, but he also made some plays that scratch your head and make you kind of think like, why did he throw that pass or why would he do that? In the day, you know, I can't sit here and say Kyle Shanahan blew the game or Brock Purdy blew the game. I'm going to say that your playmakers that needed to step up didn't step up. I'm I'm not talking about Chris McCaffrey or Jamon Jennings. They stepped up. It's just that Kittles, Samuel, IU, they needed to do more. They needed to step up. They needed to make some of those legendary moments, but they couldn't do it because Snee McDuffie was locking these boys up. They were locking them down. And that's kind of, you know, an odd thing to say because even though uh, Kansas City Chiefs defense played great this entire season. Ayuk and Samuel Kittle also had a, a, a very good season. And to hear me or just to see them be locked up in this game, you know, you don't you don't see that often, especially in a big game like this. 
and I'm gonna get to Kyle Shanahan because I I, I kind of want to pose this question to everyone. But on the I want to get to the Kansas City Chiefs side. You know, three out of four years they win the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes MVP for the third time. Um, you know, I think we got a new dynasty coming at our way. You know, back to back. You know, um, this team is not going to slow down because this defense is young. You, you got to think about that. They're going to get even younger at the wide receiver position, and you got to think that they're going to draft another tight end to go along with Travis Kelsey and, and Gray. You know, you got to think that they're going to give Patrick Mahomes more weapons, young weapons. I, I do believe they will go out and get a wide receiver, a wide receiver, I hope maybe someone like Mike Evans. But um, this Kansas City Chiefs train is not going to slow down. They're not going anywhere. And it, it, it is kind of, in a way, heartbreaking to say that because you, you look at the AFC, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Joe Burrows, you got Deshaun Watson, you have uh, Josh Allen, you got Justin Herbert, you have uh, C.J. Stroud, um, Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. This train is not slowing down. Patrick Mahomes is not going anywhere no time soon. And you got to think that all those quarterbacks I just named, Patrick Mahomes is going to stop some of them from winning a Super Bowl because they're going because they play in the AFC. Because they play in the AFC. If you if you want those quarterbacks I just named, you play in the AFC with Patrick Mahomes, there's a good chance that Patrick Mahomes is not going to allow you to win a championship. And not only that, there's a very, very good chance that that Kansas City defense is going to be stout next season because you got to think about it. Snee's going to come back. Uh, Jones is going to come back. And the rest of that defense is young. And that defense came together at the right time. This team came together at the right time. You heard what Andy Reid said yesterday that when they got their Bucks kit by the Raiders on Christmas, you know, that was their come to Jesus moment. And they had to, you know, get on each other's nerves, get on each other's ass, and they had to start playing good ball. Now, week 18, that – uh, I'm quite, that game really didn't um, mean anything as for the Kansas City Chiefs because they already had wrapped their division up. But if you look at it, um, after that Raider loss on Christmas, they beat the Bengals. They beat the Chargers, even though that was a meaningful game. Uh, let's see. They come out in the postseason. They beat the Dolphins. They beat the Bills. They beat the Ravens. You know, they got hot at the right time. I mean, that defense got hot and was able to make enough plays so that the offense could do its thing. I mean, they beat the Dolphins 26-7. They beat the Bills 27-14. They beat the Ravens 17-10. And they, of course, eventually they beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl 25-22. That defense got hot. That's This team got hot. Patrick Mahomes had enough magic to lead his team to a Super Bowl victory. And, after that, you know, they lost to the Raiders 20 to 14, which uh has Andy Reid said they got their butts kicked. Don't look at the score. Yeah. You know, this Kansas City Chiefs kid, they got hot at the right time, at the right moment. And you know, that's kind of what champions do. Is that they can go into the locker room 
and they can call each other out. They can point things out they're not doing. And they will not take that criticism uh, to the heart. Well, they did take criticism to the heart, but they know that they were not playing their best football all season long. They know that this team was led by that defense, and they know that this offense has to find some way somehow to match the production what the defense was given, and they had to do enough to win these games. Again, this was not the best Kansas City Chiefs team that we have seen all season or the the last five, six years. This is one of the worst offensive teams this season for the Kansas City Chiefs by their standard. And to have the wide receiver position as your weakness, as nobody was re- as nobody was not catching the ball. And the only offensive threat that you had you have on your team is the 35-year-old Travis Kelsey and and Pachenko. That's it. You could depend on um uh SVG. You couldn't depend on, on Mark As uh Scout. You couldn't depend on Christian Watson. You couldn't depend on Tony. Uh Sidney Rice, the, the young rookie wide receiver, you know, he's the only receiver that you could count on because he's making plays. But other than that, that was it. That was it. And actually, if you see on the sidelines, uh, Rice and Mahomes getting into it, uh, you know, you can tell Mahomes is getting in his ass. But, uh, yeah, that was it. He's the only receiver that actually was going out was actually making plays and catching the football. Everybody else was dropping it. You know, Nicole Hartman came up big yesterday and scoring the winning touchdown. So, you know, in a game where we was hoping for an offensive explosion, from both teams, that it would be more offense than defense based on the weapons that the 49ers have and based on the ultimate weapon of Patrick Mahomes, you would think this has been a high-scoring game. No, 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 it wasn't. We got we had a low-scoring Super Bowl. It, it wasn't 3 nothing, but 25-22. You know, that's, that's not scoring in the 30s or the 40s like most of us would wanted to see. Everybody wanted, probably wanted to see a shootout. They didn't want to see a defensive game, but it turned out to be a very interesting, good Super Bowl game because the first half was a dull. Nothing was happening. It was mainly all San Francisco. And then the second half start, boom. It was kind of like, yo, where all these points came from? <laughs> you know, um, Kansas City Chiefs played their best football when it mattered and when it counted. And that's what those is what I call legendary moments because Patrick Mahomes had to be legendary to lead his team to to a victory. Chris Jones had to get in Brock Purdy face and cause him to not throw those three touchdown passes because he had to make legendary moments. Same thing with McDuffie. Same thing with Snead. Same thing with Patrick Mahomes. Same thing with Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey did not score a touchdown. But you know what? You know what he did? He made some big catches, and he was able to move the ball. In that first half, he had one catch, one catch for four yards. In the second half, he ended up with eight catches for 89 yards. We're told out to be nine catches for 93 yards. Longest catch was 22. Legendary moment. And I want to get to a few things here that I felt that 
that kind of hurt San Francisco was that when they lost Greenlaw towards ACL, towards Achilles, excuse me, he was done. He was out. And what happened? Travis Kelsey started making plays. Christian McCaffrey fumbled the football inside the 10, recovered by the Chiefs. They went down a score of three points. The San Francisco couldn't capitalize on Patrick Mahomes' interception he threw. They they capitalized on one turnover by Pachenko, but it was only for a field goal. Another big moment in this game, Jake Moody missing an extra point. That was huge because if he hit that extra point, we probably wouldn't be sitting here talking about a Chiefs victory. We've been talking about a San Francisco win. A, a, another big moment, and this is probably one of the bigger moments, is that the overtime situation on San Francisco taking the ball first instead of kicking it. And when you hear players on the 49ers team um, talking about that they didn't know about the overtime rule, and that was huge because when you hear um, Kansas City, especially Chris Jones, where they said – that, um, you know, when they was going to get the ball, if the 49ers had scored a touchdown, they were going to get the ball, score a touchdown, and go for two. They know about the overtime rule. How is it that Kyle Shanahan and his team did not know about the overtime rule? I mean, when you hear reports that uh, several chief players and coaches have said that they have prepared a strategy in the event that the Super Bowl went to overtime, Multiple 49ers players admitted they were not even aware of the overtime rule. So this overtime rule uh, that was installed was because of in twenty in 2022 of the Chiefs and Bills game where Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen had a duel. It was a very good game. Um, the Chiefs got the ball in overtime, and they went down the score. That was it. And they ch- after that game, after the end that season, they changed the rule. And into uh, the 49ers, you know, they didn't know about the rule. I can understand why they didn't know because we haven't had an overtime game in the postseason NFL since 2022, uh, two years ago. So the, the the rule was this, and I, I'm, I'm going to explain it to you in the sequence of how everything happened. So after winning the overtime toss Sunday, the 49ers elected to receive the ball to start the extra period. But their 13-play drive ended with the Jake Moody 27-yard field goal and set the stage for Mahomes, who orchestrated his own 13-play punctuated by a game-winning three-yard touchdown pass to Nicole Hartman. That sealed the Chiefs' 25-22 victory. So what it is is this. If you're the team that receives the ball, if you score a touchdown, the game is over. That's it. Well, kind of. Let, let me let me let me rephrase that. So what it is is that this is the first time under the new rule that ensure both teams get a chance to possess the ball before the game ends. Unless the first drive in overtime ends with the safety, this differs from the rules governing overtime regular season where the game ends if the first team that possessed the ball scores a touchdown. So what the 49ers mind is that when they scored, when they kicked their field goal, they thought the game was over, but that's not the case. The other team gets the opportunity 
to kick a field goal, score a touchdown. And if the other team scores, overtime continues. It goes to a second overtime. And the second overtime is when where the first team scores, game over. So to the Niners, when they scored, they thought it was over, but it wasn't because the Chiefs have an opportunity to go down and score, and the Chiefs did. But when they scored, they scored a touchdown. And because they scored that touchdown, ball game, game over. And to me, you know, that's a rule. That's something that you should know about as a player and as a coach. You should know that rule. I mean, you should prepare for certain situations like this. Fortunately for the 49ers, they weren't prepared because nobody didn't know about the overtime. And then if you hear Kyle Shanahan, um, when he said that he and his analytics staff discussed overtime possibilities before the game, okay, so what was it? I mean, when you got Armstead and and uh, your fullback, Kyle Jusic, both said that the overtime strategy was not discussed with the Niners players leading up to the Super Bowl. How are you not discussing strategies with your players? I mean, they need to know because they're the ones on the field need, that's eventually going to make this happen. And when you got when you got Juzik during the interview saying, I quote, you know what? I didn't even realize the playoff rules were different in overtime. I assume you just want the ball to score a touchdown and win. I guess that's not the case. I don't totally know the strategy there. We haven't talked about it. No. So on the one of the biggest moments of the season, of the of the game, you didn't go with a strategy with your players about overtime and about the rules and about what you guys going to do? What type of game plan is that? And then when you have Armstead added that he first realized that the postseason overtime rules were different when he saw them display on the scoreboard at Legion Stadium. They put it on the scoreboard, and everyone was like, oh, even if you score, they get a chance still. Yeah. Yeah. That's about the wrong time to find out about the overtime rule. That's something that shouldn't be discussed and prepared for throughout the season. That's something that should be part of the game plan a week or two ago. You don't want your players coming in this game unprepared, not knowing the rules, not knowing about overtime. That's on Kyle Shanahan and that coaching staff for not communicating or having a strategy in place and going over with your players. I really think at some point that everyone, all of us, going to need to start having that discussion about Kyle Shanahan. Now, I'm not saying he needs to be fired. I'm not saying that he should be on the hot seat, but you know, he can't win the big one. And I think we need to start having that conversation where if Kyle Shanahan continues to come up short in the Super Bowl, do the Niners need to make a change at the coaching position, at the head coach position? Because this is a, this is technically his third time coming up short in the Super Bowl. Once that's an OC in which I, I do fairly believe that he deserves some of that criticism along with Dan Quinn for – that Super Bowl, but this Super Bowl and the 51 and 54, you know, that's on Kyle Shanahan. And again, there's going to be that discussion about can he win the big one? It might not be today or tomorrow, but I can almost guarantee you through the season, there's going to be that discussion that the 49ers got close twice and end up losing twice. They were up by 10 twice. 
and end up losing the game. There's going to be that discussion about is Kyle Shanahan the right man for this job? Because at this point, you know, you can't continue to um, come up short in the Super Bowl if you get there again. You know, it's easy for us to come out and say, hey, you know what? He's playing against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's their two losses. They're on some type of dynasty run. Okay. But let's say next year it's a different team. Let's say it could be Cincinnati. It can be Buffalo. It could be the Baltimore Ravens. And if the 49ers get back there and they lose, then what? Kyle Shanahan is going to have to make some changes. Maybe to the way he's calling the plays when he has the lead. Maybe Kyle Shanahan might have to game plan better because, you know, I, I can't I can't see him getting a pass if they get back there next season and they don't win. I can't sit here on good conscience and say, hey, Shanahan ain't going to get a pass. In, in certain situations, even this season, he doesn't get a pass. Because he didn't deliver. He didn't come through. I mean, say what you want. Um, this man is 0-2 in the Super Bowl. So if, if at some point you're going to have to question that. And I'm quite sure the ownership of the Raider, uh, the San Francisco 49 Jet York, I'm quite sure he is questioning. I mean, listen, man, you can't come up small in the biggest game of the year. Or the, the biggest game of the season. You just can't. You can't afford yourself to be outcoached with all the weapons that you have. And yet, though, along those lines, those weapons that you have needs to be healthy. So I don't know where the 49ers go from here. You know, they have some, some decisions to make on players, cap, who to keep, who to pay, who to resign. And And look, you know, the 49ers, this team is built through the draft. So... This is going to be a busy offseason for the 49ers. You know, I don't believe that they need to make a clean house type of changes, but I do believe that they need to tighten up on some stuff. And I do believe that you they have to look at the way they approach, that they might have to change that. I truly believe that every game they play next season has to be tackled with a sense of urgency. Because like Patrick Mahomes said, yo, this Super Bowl is a business trip, nothing personal. And that's what it was. It was a business trip, and that's how they approach it. I mean, you heard the stories how Travis Kelsey made an emotional speech on Saturday. You seen how passionate he was when he bumped Andy Reid during the game. I'm not saying those cats in the 49ers locker room players are not passionate, but, you know, they're not passionate or passionate like, the Kansas City Chiefs. And maybe all these teams who didn't make the playoff will learn something from the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, overall, like I said, I, I kind of think this was a a good Super Bowl. I kind of liked it. You know, I enjoyed the halftime show with Usher and Alicia Keys and Ludacris and Jermaine Dupree. And, you know, everybody who showed up who was part of that performance was great. I enjoyed it. Usher put on a very good show. So I just want to know what you guys think about the Super Bowl game. And 
you know, give me your thoughts. And before I sign off, I just want to say this. You hear a lot of people online saying, you know, man, I wish the Detroit Lions were in the Super Bowl. I'm going to say that what happened to the Lions meant to and and to the rest of us, Lions players, coaches, fan base, you know, all of us all around, we all have to get better. And, and you know, we hear, we heard that Dan Campbell was listening to some heavy metal, I'm presuming, because he kept saying, we're going to get back here. We're going to get back here. I don't care what we got to do. We're going to get back here. I like that attitude. I like that a lot. And, uh, yeah. I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to the Double Drill Podcast. I'm your host, D.L. Walker, and I'm out. Peace.